Hi, and welcome to SpondyCast, where we bring together the best medical minds, thought leaders, scientists, patients, and caregivers to inform and inspire the spondylitis community. I'm your host, Jill Miller, living my best spa life, knowing that how we meet today has the power to change everything going forward. Hi, and welcome to SpondyCast. Today, talking about unmet needs in the spondyloarthritis community is Christy Kuhn. She is the Scoville Endowed Chair and Head of the Division of Rheumatology and an Associate Professor of Medicine and Immunology and Microbiology at the University of Colorado Anschutz Medical Campus in Aurora, Colorado. She serves as the Chair of the American College of Rheumatology Committee on Research and serves on the Executive Committee of the Spondyloarthritis Research and Treatment Network. She received her MD and PhD in immunology at the University of Colorado, then completed internal medicine residency, chief residency, and rheumatology fellowship at Barnes Jewish Hospital and Washington University in St. Louis. In 2013, Dr. Kuhn returned to the University of Colorado to establish her independent research program. She's an internationally recognized researcher leading an NIH-funded research program focused on the hypothesis that specific microbe-mucosal interactions influence the generation of systemic inflammation and the development of spondyloarthritis and rheumatoid arthritis. She has ongoing and published studies connecting microbiome, metabolome, and mucosal immune changes during the development of animal models of these diseases as well in human cohorts. Dr. Kuhn, that was a mouthful, but what I do know is you're helping us get closer to a cure. <laughs> and I, I thank you for joining us today. Thank you for having me. It's really great to be here with you. So we're going to talk a little bit about uh, an upcoming conference, which I think will be really interesting for listeners, which is an unmet needs conference. And uh, you're going to be chairing that for the Spondylitis Association and for the overall community. So talk to us a little bit about what an unmet needs conference is. Yeah, so I'll just back up a little bit in that uh, it was probably early last summer in 2022 when Dr. Bob Colbert, another spondyloarthritis expert in the field had contacted me to work together with him to put together a group of physicians and scientists to form what we call an unmet needs conference. And what it is, is to take a step back and say, where are we when it comes to understanding this disease? And what can we do to really move the needle on the disease in how we understand it and then how do we treat it? And so really the conference is to bring together a lot of um, our, our, our physicians and our scientists together into a room and start to talk about where are we now, where can we go, and really how do we push that needle forward so that we can truly impact our patients. And the, the purpose of it is to, right, from a spondyloarthritis perspective, some of it is cure, reducing time to diagnosis. What are the other purposes for the conference? Yeah, so some of the main themes that are going to come through in this conference, of course, we always we always want to come up with better medications that have less side effects, 
longer efficacy. And like you said, get us closer to curing disease rather than having to ha take ongoing medication to keep it at bay. So that's one aspect. But the other aspect is, like you said, trying to get us to a better uh, earlier diagnosis. So no matter what we've done, we still see that there's a, a lag between onset of symptoms and the ability to diagnose this disease. And it still averages between seven and 10 years. One of, yeah, it's, you know, there's so much that has been poured into that and we just still can't reduce that time. So one of the sessions actually we've learned over the last several years that it's probably things like sex, race, ethnicity, or what we call socioeconomic determinants of health, another mouthful. And those things probably have just as much impact in our ability to diagnose. And so that will be one of our sessions is going to be discussing socioeconomic determinants of health, race, gender, sex, and other things that could impact how patients can access medical care and be seen by their medical providers to get that idea that, oh, maybe we should be thinking that this person can have ankylosing spondylitis. And not to get in the weeds, but we've had some of this conversation in previous episodes talking about until I think probably 20-ish years ago, most of the research focused on a very narrow demographic and didn't look at the whole population which I think was a general problem in research, right? Uh, that we're starting to overcome. So I'm, I'm hopeful there. Uh, when is the conference this year? Yeah, the conference will be held in September. It's the 28th and 29th. It will be at the NIH because not only is the Spondylitis Association of America helping support the conference and we're very grateful to their support, uh, but it's a partnership with the National Institute of uh, Musculoskeletal and Dermatologic Diseases, so NIAMS. That's awesome. I'm going to see you there, so I can't wait. Yeah. I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, so who comes to a conference like this? Yeah, so it's going to be mostly physicians and researchers, and it's not going to be the types of physicians that normally our patients will go to and see and, you know, to help treat their spondyloarthritis, but it will be those physicians that really spend a lot of their time doing research and trying to understand this disease, the treatment of it, the diagnosis of it, et cetera. Um, and then there will be other scientists. So far, we think it's probably gonna be mostly rheumatologists and rheumatologists that specialize in spondylitis. Uh, but we also are looking at some radiologists. Of course, imaging remains the center of our ability to diagnose the disease. and so there are emerging themes within the imaging sector, such as artificial intelligence. I know that's infiltrating every part of life and including medicine and research. And so um, we will have some radiology experts, um, and then we'll have some individuals who may not necessarily study spondylitis, but they study how socioeconomic determinants of uh, health affect the um, effect other rheumatologic diseases and how that can inform the way we approach spondylitis. So it's really the whole landscape of the disease mm -hmm. and all the different variables and buckets that, that sounds awesome. Uh, 
so primarily rheumatologists and then what do you see uh endocrinologists or are we going to have a, a a variety it'll be primarily rheumatologists that are going to going to be in attendance um one of the areas that we are particularly focusing on recruiting to attend the conference are not just our established uh, experts in the field, but we're really trying to bring in trainees, particularly fellows who are just finishing their rheumatology fellowship and deciding what they want to do with the rest of their career. We want to recruit them into spondyloarthritis. We want them to do research and take care and become experts in, in all things spondy. And so we have a focused recruitment on them as well as early career scientists, giving them an opportunity to not only be exposed to the field, but as they develop their own, um, their own careers, try to, to see where are the areas that, where are the areas that they should pursue in their own research careers? Um, and then give them the opportunity to meet other experts. So a little bit of innocent innovation and yeah. <laughs> That's, I think that should be the term of 2023 to I take us it. through. Uh, so is it sessions? Does somebody present? Are there a lot of discussions? Yeah, this will be a little bit different than a typical scientific conference. Usually at a scientific conference, uh, researchers and physicians will come and they'll, they'll talk about their current research and what they've recently discovered in their laboratories or, or in their um, databases. Of, and what we're doing is kind of flipping that a little bit. And we don't want people talking about the science they've been doing. We want them to bring big, bold ideas. And we're going to talk about what could be rather than what is. And so we do have several sessions. Um, one session that, that's going to kick it off is something we call endotypes. And that really means we're going to have a session where we're going to ask this question of, should all patients with axial spondyloarthritis be put into one bucket or are there multiple buckets that should be looked at separately within this one disease um and so you know kind of the old adage of should we be lumpers or splitters here and so yeah slicers you know? and dicers <laughs> yeah and so but i think it's important when it comes to again, diagnosis and treatment and outcomes, right? So that's the idea here. And so we have a couple of individuals who have really explored these concepts in rheumatoid arthritis, in psoriatic arthritis, and have explored these concepts from uh, clinical phenotypes, meaning um, what kinds of symptoms do they have? What do those x-rays look like? What are the other maybe uh, markers of disease look like that they can assess in the blood. And then we also have individuals who are going to talk about this from a more um, immunologic standpoint and say, okay, when we look at our immune cells, are there patterns of immune cells that start to sort out when, when we say, you know, this patient with uh, spondylitis has concomitant psoriasis or when they also have uveitis versus the the patient who only has axial spondyloarthritis but no psoriasis no uveitis so so that's that, one of the sessions that'll be cool so any other uh 
interesting ones you can share at this point? Yeah, so we have several other sessions. One will be looking at pain and thinking about it. I think as rheumatologists, we've often anchored ourselves in thinking um, and, and associating, connecting the pain and inflammation. And so we're going to really talk about what about pain that doesn't come from inflammation? So we can get our patients inflammation down, but oftentimes they still have pain and we need to think about that too. So how do we address that? Um, That's one I've never split apart in my own experience. Yeah. You gave me pause there. Uh, <laughs> and we're also thinking not only when it comes to that, like not only traditional medicines, but I think as a medical field, we get the questions all the time about complementary and alternative approaches to treatment. So let's talk about it. Let's talk about it in a scientific, rigorous way. And how do we understand complementary and alternative approaches to to managing disease, to managing pain, to managing symptoms so that we can better inform our patients. Right. Because one of the things that's missing, as I understand it, on some of the complementary side is that empirical data. Exactly. There's a lot of anecdotal data. Um, and, and I have a lot of patients who come to me and say, I want to try the anti-inflammatory diet. And all of the data I have, I have to borrow from other fields. And and again, it's it's usually not rigorously studied. Nobody's really said, okay, we're gonna take a group of patients and, and put them on this diet and we're gonna objectively measure their inflammation after the diet. I so, love that idea. Yeah. Uh, I hope that's a, a huge topic <laughs> in how we do that. Uh, so once you get through the conference, then what happens? What, what, what impact does that have on the research of the future? Good question. We hope that by bringing people together, people who are actively doing research, early investigators who are trying to find their paths, we hope that a lot of people will sit down during, um, during lunches, during breakouts, uh, during coffee breaks, and we hope that this will stimulate a lot of ideas and conversation and then collaboration. So one outcome that's gonna be difficult to measure it, how well we do though, is, is whether or not we can stimulate some more science and ideas. Another thing that will likely come out of this um, endeavor is a report where after we have a lot of these discussions, we're going to come up with probably some themes and some approaches of what we think should be done to move the needle on, on spondylitis. I love the idea that you're going at it from the, the power of connection between human beings mm -hmm. to stimulate more collaboration. And after we've been for three years kind of cooped up and now everybody's not cooped up anymore, but we're kind of overloaded. Mm -hmm. It'll be great to get people together and sit down and really thoughtfully bring those big ideas. Uh, I, I for sure, for sure. I think um, it's been hard being in the virtual world because I think it's those interactions, particularly when you've got 15 minutes or an hour, say, during lunch, and you're in a room with a bunch of people you know, but no, 
really know? And you're trying to have that casual conversation. But when you're at a conference like this, the natural thing to do is start talking about these ideas and right. really, like you said, connect over these concepts and ideas. Um, and I think a lot of times when we start talking, we start bouncing those ideas off of each other and it starts to spiral and compound. And yeah. before you know it, you have a research project. And one of the coolest things I think that happens when you get into a room with a group of people who all share and are all part of kind of the same ecosystem. But when you start to see the way the, the margins kind of overlap or it's like where the water and the sand meet mm -hmm. and you can get people who are like, well, I'm kind of, I kind of do this and I kind of do this. But then when you start to see where those things overlap, I think that's where the real magic happens at play in things like this. Absolutely. I love that analogy. I might steal it. Steal away. The water uh, and in that interaction. That's perfect. It, it really is. Or it's, you know, it's the edge of the, the edge of the forest and yeah you can go on and on i actually think i may have stole it from a systems thinking book so <laughs> i can i am sure nothing i have is is original material um so you talked a little bit about a report and will that be public for people to understand what happened or is it is will there be report outs i'm assuming saa and nih will do some I think the SAA will probably have um, some materials that come out about it. Um, I don't think we've gotten to that point where we've really solidified <laughs> what the report is going to look like. Um, and so TBD. Fair enough. I'll take that. Uh, it's still quite a ways away. So we've, I think we've got six months, which will go quickly. Uh, in terms of getting there, what are you most looking forward to? Is there a topic you're most interested in pursuing that maybe aligns with something you're researching? Yeah. So, I mean, <laughs> I'm interested in all of it, of course. Uh, a little bit biased <laughs> since been helping put this together. Yeah. But um, I think the areas where I'm interested in personally, um, I think... Uh, I, I see a lot of my patients will have um, inflammatory bowel diseases with their spondyloarthritis. And so I'm really interested in the session where we're going to try to understand, can we lump everybody together or do we need, is there some natural splitting with um, unique needs for patients who have uh, different variations of spondylitis? Um, so I'm really excited about that. I, I'm energized by like the nitty gritty molecules and cells that are interacting. And so I, I kind of nerd out over those topics. Hey, that's, we need that. Uh, and then I will say, I I'm super excited about the social determinants of health because I think this is an area that. I think mostly anecdotally, but when I look at my patients and I see who's suffered the most or the longest, it's the patients that go, get overlooked. And so, um, and I think it's because of a lot of these variables. Um, and so I think we need better information about it. Um, 
anybody who's gone to my uh, talks about spondylitis, hear me talk about my soapbox about HLA-B27 and how it has really skewed the diagno diagnosis towards people of Northern European descent. And so oh. I think, you know, so this is a, another topic that's near and dear to me because of this soapbox that I get on. I hadn't thought of it that way, but I do remember there was an article in Spondylitis Plus a couple of years ago that talked about this. It broke down mm -hmm. the, the diagnosis pattern a little bit. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And in general, I mean, I, I, you think about a group that might be already marginalized or underrepresented, and then they don't share Northern European descent. Right. No, that it's just compounded, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. From an access perspective. Right. Wow. Right. And I've had patients sit in my office and say, I don't look like who gets ankylosing spondylitis. And I'm like, that is a myth. Like there is no picture of what ankylosing spondylitis looks like from a, you know, from a, uh, sex race, ethnicity. Right. Yeah. I can remember I've had more than one doctor when I say, well, I have ankylosing spondylitis and they say, but how could you, you're a woman. And this is in the last three to five years. Yeah. <laughs> we, we have a lot of work to do. Uh, so other than those two items, anything else or any, so, or just looking forward to catching up? I'm looking forward to catching up. I mean, I think I would have colleagues who would be really upset with me if I didn't say the imaging session looks really, really good. Um, okay. Just not something that's part of my expertise area. I, and, and so, but we have an amazing session talking about the future of imaging with regards to, are we doing okay with the way we do MRI now? Are there new technologies? Are there new ways to get... Um, uh, better reads on the MRIs, because I'm sure patients have experienced this where one radiologist will say, oh, no, the MRI is normal, but then they go to somebody who's really expert in the MRI of, of spondylitis, and they're like, no, there's a lot of inflammation here. And so I think kind of there's going to be a really good session about how do we get better at that? Um, and then, of course, the pain sessions. I think those pain sessions and trying to understand better about pain and how do we how do we treat it? How do we think about it? Not necessarily just the inflammation part, right. but the other sources of pain. Yeah. And is it mostly uh, U.S. rheumatologists or will it be a global group? It's a global group. And so our nice. speakers are, are coming. Um, we, have, we have speakers from Germany, from England, of course, all over the U.S., Canada. So it is going to be... Um, at least a, a, I should say, a Western part of the globe kind of group. Excellent. Well, I'm really excited for it. And it was great to let you share with the listeners about how this all unfolds and what goes on behind the scenes and in shooting for the disease to be cured and or ended. Uh, I often ask, what's the most hopeful thing that you think of? What's the where is there the most hope for patients with spondylitis? When I see a new patient with the disease, what excites me the most when I counsel them is that we 
are getting good at delaying and even preventing radiographic progression, so x-ray progression, and we've got options. And so I think that's only going to get better. My institution here at Colorado, we are very interested in preventing disease. We've been trying it in RA, we're trying it in Spondy. I wanna to get to the point that not only are we just preventing that progression of disease, but we're preventing disease. And I want us to have options for doing that. Awesome, I love it. Thank you so much for joining us today. It was such a pleasure and I will see you in uh, September. My pleasure, I look forward to it as well. SpondyCast was made possible by donations from the Spondylitis Association of America's individual members, and our show's corporate sponsor, AbbVie. Since our founding in 1983, the Spondylitis Association of America has been the face, voice, and leading nationwide nonprofit, educating, empowering, and advocating for people living with spondyloarthritis. Through our extensive work with patients, the medical community, and partners, we provide information and resources to help people impacted by the disease live better lives and champion research to find a cure.